experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I am Brett Johnston. I'm Jeff Catano. Hey, and I'm JJ Chanowski with my daughter, Brendan Chanowski here. Yeah, hi. I'm so happy to have you on this podcast. Me too. So... This has been a long time coming, JJ. <laughs> yeah. I know, it has. JJ's like, where do I start? Yeah, where, where do I start? His hair on the back of his neck, if he had, it's like standing up right now. He's so excited. <laughs> yeah. So stoked. I'm a uh, little bit anxious, a little excited, but to have my only daughter, my favorite daughter, my best daughter sitting right next to me is um, going to be an amazing night. Um, I guess I'll just start out. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm JJ Chanowski. I've, I'm a very proud dad, very proud grandpa of KJ and Frankie. Um, that's probably my most important job that I've ever done in my life is being your dad and being a grandpa right now. There's nothing more rewarding than that, you know, and I'm, I'm to start out. I'm just to fast forward to today. I've never been more proud of anybody than you. Um, what you've overcome, what you've been through, your mindset, how you've believed in yourself and forged forward, um, didn't look back and found a way to grow and prosper and progress and to drive to be better, to, um, to be the person you are today, which is an amazing mom. And I'm not just saying that because you're my, my only daughter, but just to see where you're at today versus where you came from um, is amazing. So I love you very, very much. Thanks. I love you. So let me back up. um, And once again, now that you made her cry. Yes. I know. Thank you for that (laughs) intro. That was, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Maybe, maybe start out. You know, before you were born, um, I married the the love of my life, uh, Heather. Um, we lived in Seattle. Uh, Brendan was born in Seattle. Very, very, very proud of that. Um, had a very challenging job at that time. I put work first. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I put work first for a lot of years, even over you and mom. Um, I was working seven days a week um, and... It was very challenging, and I thought I had the world. I thought I had to conquer everything, and and I was had to do everything in life. And I put that burden on my back, and I missed out on the first year of your of your life. Just so you know, uh, Brendan moved back to Utah three months after she was born. I stuck it out in Seattle. Don't ask me why. What were you doing? Uh, I you was uh, uh, purchasing in purchasing at that time. Um, and just getting started. Just, I took that job in purchasing. Uh, I came from outside sales in the steel industry, but then went back and just asked to be in purchasing. Cause that's what my dad did for 45 years of his life. Got it. And, um, but I, I stuck it out there and then we moved back to Utah. Uh, Brendan was about almost 
almost a year old at that time when I moved back, still in the steel industry, um, as I went back as an outside sales rep. But, you know, fast forward, you know, excited to have Brendan in our life. And, you know, we, we moved into a brand new home in North Ogden, the same house we live in today. Um, and the career just took off. It it went really, really well. Um, not gonna shy away that I, I put that first and I, that is a regret of mine. Um, I, I got a jump within today. We just had Dan Tanner on here. And one of the things that he said, Brendan, to me was he had the right focus and it took me a lot of effing years to figure this one out. But, and I feel like I just grew, was reborn or, or even better. I, I became the person that I needed to become because I focused on what was most important in my life, which is my family. So, um, it, it took me a lot, a long effing time to get to that point because I thought I had to make money and had to take care of you guys. Well, and, and, and JJ known you for 20 years and in those 20 years, your greatest strength has always been your, your driver, man. When you make a decision, a hundred percent of JJ goes towards achieving that goal, the outcome, the vision, the dream. And the, one of the funnest things it's been um, from my perspective to watch is you would go at something so hard, hard body and soul. And then when you get there over and over again, I watched you go, yeah, that's not really what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that, that really wasn't what I, you know, yeah, it was great. You know, the, the bow was great. The RV Sell was great. It. The Sell cars, it. the yeah. trucks, the, you name the it. Hot I mean, tub. The, the hot, hot tub. tub. Oh hot man. Tub. I mean, he's been the king of when he makes a decision, a hundred percent goes at that. Right. And then, mm-hmm. but he's all, you've also, you've, you've recognized that when you overuse your greatest strength, it can also become your weakness, right? Absolutely. But you've been so quick to go, and I was wrong. Yeah, that was a horrible <laughs> choice. Moving on. It, it's true. You know, I, 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 I read a book, and I, you know, everybody that's listening to this, I highly recommend this. And and to my daughter, um, I, I read a book called "The Gap in the Gain," and most people focus on you know the the part of their life they didn't get. And I've learned that I've overcome a lot of things in my life and I've got to focus on the gains and every, and everybody's different. I'm not competing against you or Jeff or Brett or Mesa or anybody in this room. I'm just competing against me and I want to just do better every single day. And to Brett's point, yeah, there's a lot of things in my life that, yeah, I got that. I became debt free two years ago, everything. Uh, don't owe any, don't owe anything to anybody. And it's like, okay, now what, you know, that's great, but now what? And I, I, I think that's part of my the now life. What was Disneyland. JJ. Yeah, it was Disneyland. It was Disneyland. <laughs> but what I learned in the last probably three months, what brings me happiness is progressing. And it's what I learn every single day. And what am I going to get today? Even through the hard shit, what am I going to do? And is it a lesson that I have to learn? And I'm not perfect. I, I've effed up so many times, but man, am I doing the right trail today? 
And I know that I know I'm going down the right trail. So let, let's keep going here because that's, it's not about me. It's about you because you're my favorite daughter. Don't forget that. (laughs) Um, So fast forward, you know, we're living in our house in North Ogden and I, you get to probably seven, eight years old. Um, talk about your life. I want to hear from you. Oh gosh. Yeah. You you want to keep going? No, no. Are you I, sure? I, I really do. I want to okay. hear more. Maybe your perspective growing up with mom and dad. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where do I even like? Super maybe young, like elementary. Maybe start there and okay. Then keep going. Well, I was an only child, obviously, so everyone thought I was a freak. I feel like everyone was like, she's super weird. Like, she doesn't socialize with anyone besides adults, so she's weird. Like, I felt like everyone just like, that was the first thing when people would meet me in school, they'd be like, she's weird as hell. Like, and so I think I always like, I'm a very like empathic person, so I could tell like, I don't know if it was like intimidation or people were just like kind of like weirded out by me because I was a very like independent young child, if that makes sense. Now, do you feel like, are you convinced that that was the case yourself? Or do you think you may have been just putting that in your own head thinking and everything was not that? I think I was putting that in my head. I convinced like that became like my, like, what did you call it? My like core belief within myself that I was like, okay, everyone thinks I'm like weird as hell. Like we call it BS. Yeah. Yeah. Belief system. Yeah. And so, that became like the core of who I was. Like I was like, everyone thinks I'm weird. Like everyone thinks I like don't really fit in because I don't have brothers or sisters. So I'm like, I'm very mature for my age. And so I felt like I was always kind of like an outsider until I like later on in my life kind of. Um, But I had social anxiety, like probably when I was like, I remember it starting when I was like kindergarten-ish. Like I remember going into a classroom and being like, I don't want to talk to anyone. Like, I don't want to go around anyone. Like I'm like happy in my little bubble. I'm happy to talk to the teacher. Like I remember I would like literally go up and my teacher's name was Mrs. Heaton in kindergarten. And I would literally go and talk to her and wouldn't talk to a single other person in the class. Cause I'm like, this is what's comfy for me adults. Like I just had so much social anxiety and I convinced myself at such a young age that I just didn't fit in with like my peers that I think I put off that energy too. As I became older, I realized like, I was like, oh, I'm the one that's making everyone like uncomfortable around me kind of in a way, like putting myself in their shoes, if that even makes any sense. Like creating misconceptions that weren't even. Yeah, that weren't even like a real thing. Yeah, so flash forward in like late elementary, I started like to get a little bit more social. I became a cheerleader in like eighth grade. Eighth grade and ninth grade were great. I was like super social. I felt like I got out of my shell a little bit and I was like, okay, I fit in. I'm a cheerleader. I can like talk to people. I'm like kind of in my element a little bit more. And then I went to high school, didn't try out for cheer, didn't do anything. And I was like, I didn't know who I was as like a human. Like genuinely, I just felt like I was going along with what everyone else in my life I thought wanted me to do or everyone else around me thought was cool. And my perception of, what everyone else wanted me to be was who I was going to be and not who deep inside the person that I wanted to be. And so I think I started to realize I was such a people pleaser that I was putting everyone else's thoughts about me and what they would think of me instead of what I thought about myself and what I thought, I don't know, like truly what I thought about me. I don't was know. That, was social media impacting that? I think social media was a big part of it. I think 
like when I was in school, they don't have this. I mean, they have anonymous stuff now, but there was, what was it called? It was some type of like app where you could just like anonymously like say stuff to people. And I remember I got on it and mom was like, that's a horrible idea. Like, why are you on this? Like, why would you do this? And people would just like go crazy about like each other, like would tell each other to like kill themselves, like horrible things would like literally just be so terrible. And I remember I like remembered a couple of things that people said about me. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Like I was like, if someone's saying it, then it's true. Instead of being like, I know who I am deep down in my core. Like I know that I'm not this person that someone is saying that I am. I was like, yeah, for sure. Like if that's who they perceive me as I am, then that's who I am like point blank. And so my anxiety started to get a lot worse into high school, like crippling, super bad. Couldn't even go to school. And so I ended up going to a treatment center. My parents sent me because I was supposed to go to prom and my sweet prom date came and I was like, I literally can't go. I was on the floor shaking. Like I was like, I physically cannot go with you. I was like, I don't know what it is. I am like, when I have panic attacks or when I, I haven't had panic attacks in a long time actually, but when I did, they're so irrational that I can't even explain to you how it feels, but it feels like a out of body experience kind of. And I was like, I just, my body is like shutting me down right now. And so my parents were like, you haven't been to school in what, like six months, yeah. maybe I could not go to school. Couldn't do anything. So they sent me to a treatment center, went to the treatment center, did a lot of like deep therapy, worked through a lot of things, came out of it. And I remember my parents came for like a visit about like, what was it? Like 35 days in, I think yes. I remember the specific day. And I was like, dad I was like, it was 34 yeah, he's like specifically. seven hours and 12 minutes. It, yes. it felt like 35 years. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, that's probably the hardest thing. There's only one thing that's ever dropped me to my knees and that was taking her there. Yeah. I mean, I literally cried for 48 hours. Yeah. And at that time you may or may not know this, but I was mountain biking Oh, at I least know. Seven hours a day. Yeah, you told me afterwards. Yeah, just, you were just. I. That's how I dealt with the anxiety yeah. and stress. And I woke up the next morning and I wanted to come get you. I. And yeah. and mom's like, no, she's got to, she's has to work through this. Yeah. And um, that was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Is to take your child and drop them off. Imagine KJ. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's just, but it was one of those things and not to steal your thunder, no. but I saw a huge difference after that. Oh, um, no. And that's where I felt like my life shifted because honestly, like, I don't think I would be here physically today. Like mm -hmm. I was, I had like tried to commit suicide a month before mm -hmm. and mom had like found me with like a bottle of pills. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to die or not, but like, just so you know, this is what happened. And that's kind of what started into everything. And so, yeah, so it came, they came for the visit and I was like, I want to go home. Like I'm done. Like I feel good. Like I think I can continue therapy just like from home. I don't need to be in like full-time therapy or anything. And, um, and my parents were like, okay, like we trust you. And I remember my therapist called you or called mom and he was like, she'll be back in a month. Yeah. Like she will be back in a month. I, freaking guarantee it. There's no way she'll be able to go back into society. Her social anxiety will come back. Like there's no way she will ever be able to function in this world unless she stays here until she's like 18. Yeah. That was their goal. That was their genuine goal. Like 
after the fact, like genuinely, I think that that was like their goals was to keep people there as long as possible. And straight up, I'll just be honest. It was a money making machine. It was 15 grand for 30 days. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So told, and I think me and my dad have this very similar personality where if someone tells us we can't do something, then it's on. It's on. Yeah. Yeah, Like my mind flipped in that second and I was like, you can i say that sorry you can say whatever you can say whatever you want okay great but it was kind of a moment where i was just like no like that's not who i am like that's not the person that i am and so i came home i graduated school i got my ged because i was like i know i don't want to go back to school i have no desire to go back to school i don't need it so i got my ged and then it was i signed up for aesthetic school and then a week later i signed up for Teen leadership breakthrough. Yes. Right? Like it was within a week that I decided to go to aesthetic school and then I decided to go to teen leadership. Yeah. Yes. And then I left maybe like a week later after that. And it was crazy. Like I remember, can I talk about like a process? Am I? Yes, absolutely. This is, this is your show. Okay. So I remember one of my, there's a part where you basically like, break a piece of wood right? break through your block yeah break through the block and mine was being so concerned about what others think of me fear of what others yeah think. fear of what others think is what mine was and everyone had broken through their blocks and i think i was the last person to go and i was like oh yeah like i totally believe that i've like broken through this block i'm like i don't even think i've told you this part and I was like, yeah, for sure. Like I've broken through this block. I've been through therapy. Like I've done all of this stuff to like progress myself. I truly think that in my head and in my soul, I believe this. And everyone had broken through within like the first try and I hit it, didn't break it. And I was like, okay. And so I'm like embarrassed. Like my ego is like pretty hurt too. Cause I'm like, no, this is like, I truly think I'm like over this. I go to hit it again. And no, I like literally couldn't get through. And so everyone in my team started like clapping around me, came around me and was like, you got this. Like we believe in you. And I think it, I, we had to get a smaller board too. <laughs> like, I think we had to like adjust something. I don't even know, but I finally, we definitely didn't get a smaller board. I swear we did. I don't know. Or maybe you just like took my board and put it back. <laughs> I don't know. Looked at your board and then gave it back. I'm convinced you. that you made it smaller because I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I'm convinced in my head it had to be smaller. Cause then I finally broke through after everyone was like cheering around me. And I was like, I don't think until that moment, I truly believed that I didn't give a shit about what anyone thought about me anymore. And that I knew who I was within my core that I am a good person and that I am a genuinely kind person and I could give a less about what anyone else thinks of me or perceives me as. And I think that has like gone throughout my life too. Like I think of rapport and teen leadership breakthrough one as like a tool in my tool belt. And if you don't, or like flexing a muscle kind of, is that the word that Mm -hmm. you guys use with it? That if you're not using it all the time, you kind of have to like giddy yourself back up and be like, okay, like what the actual hell is going on? Like you need to like start using that muscle again so you can get back into it. And I think there's been a couple of times in my life where I've been, I've needed to get back into that mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think within the past two years of like becoming a mom, especially that's kicked me right back into that mindset too. Like being a mom, I feel like was like, oh, I could give a less about what anyone thinks of me as a mom as a human, as a person, like I could give a less because I know I'm a good mother and I know I'm a good person. 
and I could care less. But without honestly rapport, I don't think I would have been in this space either to be able to like push mm-hmm. in, like, I don't know. I'm like, my words are not coming out very well. I feel no, like. I think they're perfect. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my story. Well, I think you, you discover who you are in that class too and what's important to you. And that's what, you know, I learned when I went through um, LB1, Leadership Breakthrough 1. It was in Alamo and actually Brett was on team uh, yeah. on that. And I learned once again, probably, you know, what I've shared in this so far, which is I gave 100% at work, but gave my family the leftovers. For sure. And I will never do that again. Um, but you, you talked about one thing, you know, your, your belief systems when you were in elementary and there's this story and I shared it with you, I think over Thanksgiving break, but it's worth telling the audience this and everybody has either seen a circus or been to the circus. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they train an elephant and I'm talking about your belief systems, but when they train an elephant, a baby elephant, they put a rope around their neck And then they put a big stake in the ground and this baby elephant wants to pull that stake out. And then over time it can't because it's stuck in the ground. Then fast forward that elephant, your belief systems to it's full grown. It could tear the tent down, but why doesn't it pull the stake out? Because it believes it can't do it. And I think going back to when you're very young and you've got these belief systems in your mind You've got to break through that. It's kind of like, not kind of, it's exactly like breaking that board in the process of rapport that you've got to let go of those bad belief systems and you have unlimited power. You have, you are empowered. You are not the same person you were when you were seven or 10 or 14 or 18. How old are you now? 23. Nice. Yeah. 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 Time flies when we're having fun. <laughs> it's yes. <just> true. <laughs> you know, you skip past a very important part in the story. Falling in love. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I yes, guess I forgot yes. about that. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Sorry, Eric. I'm like, I'm like, he's not here. He's not being represented oh, well. I mean, it's all about your dad. Oh, gosh. Well, I thought this was a Chanowski episode. No, it is. No, no this Eric is, really, is an important part. You know, I, I think about your mom and, and the journey that, that Heather's been on, you know, that's been, that she was, she's been on the whole roller coaster ride you're talking about. Oh, for sure. And you gave like a 10 minute description of that ride. That was a long ride. Oh, it yeah. wasn't a 10 minute ride. That oh, was no. a long ride. Yeah. Oh yeah. It feels like I probably missed a lot of parts too, but it's like a very like almost like bittersweet thing to look back on because I remember in the like heat of the worst of that being like, I know I won't make it past like 18. Like I know I will not live a day past 18 if my brain is going to be this way forever. And so I think it's just very bittersweet to like see me now. Cause I never thought I would get married. I never thought I would have kids. So it's just very bittersweet to be like, no, like that you can move past that. And that can't, that won't be a roadblock forever. If you decide that you want to put in the work Mm-hmm. And not let that be your stopping point. I guess. So what would you, t- so you're 23 yeah. and you, and you've now lived through that, yeah. right? That is yeah. a part of you. Oh yeah. What would you tell someone that's that, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old that is in that place? 
to just not give a single hoot about what anyone thinks about you or what you're doing. If you feel within yourself that what you're doing is meant for you, it makes you feel good and it's not harming others, you shouldn't give a crap about what anyone thinks or what anyone says about you. But they do, right? They do. It's like, and, and, and media today is really compounded it. It's like, it's everywhere. Oh yeah. And they find finding ourselves. I'm going to say finding myself looking at someone else in my life thinking, wow, they've really got something great going on. How are they doing that? What are they doing to create that? They look so amazing and wonderful and beautiful and, Right. They have the perfect life and all these things. And, and we know now, right now in this very moment, we know yeah. that that's, that's a bunch of BS too. Oh. And I don't mean belief system. Yeah. Right. But thinking back to being, a, you know, I was sharing with you that my daughter's 14 going on 15 right yeah. now. And I mean, it's just this massive world of, you know, I don't, I don't look like she looks, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't, my clothes don't fit the same as they fit on her and, and I don't, my hair doesn't go the same way. You know what I mean? It's all those little things that me as a dad, I'm, I'm like, I couldn't, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. You get over all those things. They don't matter. Right. And that's the advice you're giving, but walking through it from that little girl, that young, that young woman and, and talking to that young woman from that place, I'd love to hear, you know, a little deeper conversation about that, you know, and, and how, how that happens and and how you would talk to someone that age. Yeah. I think it's so, it's so hard with social media because social media is so much more prevalent than even when I was. And it wasn't that long ago when I was in school. And so I think social media for one, I would say the hard thing is to remind yourself that social media is a highlight reel. And so everyone is posting their best photo their best day. doctored best doctored photo yeah no their best edited photo there's so many apps where you can edit every single aspect of yourself it's like it's scary i mean i seen jeff with abs the other day <laughs> <laughs> nice job jeff <laughs> but yeah so i think that would be the first thing i would say is like instagram is a highlight reel and i wish i wouldn't have been so into social media even back in the day and there's so much more that goes into social media now too of how many more platforms there are and how many more, how much more you can digest in a day and how many more people you can compare yourself to in a way through these different platforms. And so, and they stay locked in there for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, I always say I want to put my kids in bubble wrap and never let them be on social media, never let them have a phone, like never let them go through any of this. But I know that's so unrealistic, but I just wish I would have like told myself like social media literally doesn't matter at all whatsoever. And I don't know. It's so hard because you just get so sucked in with that aspect of it. And I remember being so young and having the same thoughts and being like, oh, well, she's skinnier than me. She looks cuter than me. Like all of these different like. How come I'm not that tall? How come I'm not that short? How come I don't have thin legs? How come I don't have such skinny? That's the whole whole gamut. It's a whole and people will say things on social media because they can hide a yes. t- social media or text because they could hide behind it. Yes. The same things they would not say in person. To no, face. no, a hundred percent not. And so like even as adults too, adults still do that. But as a teenager, that's so brutal to have people be able to do that behind a screen and be able to say things to you. I don't know. I just like 
stay off social media as much as you can would be the biggest thing. It's so hard because I know that everyone feels like they need to be on it. But that would be the first thing I would tell myself is like freaking put your phone away. Reevaluate your friends. That would be another thing because I honestly. How many friends do you need? Honestly, I have like two. Mm-hmm. Like having, quality. having one or two friends. Is, yeah, is quality okay, right? friends. Yeah. yeah, like quality friends are honestly like key. And like before I went to my treatment center and before I did rapport, my friend group was horrible. Like I look back now and my parents even were like, what are you doing? But I just didn't listen. Like, and now I reevaluate and I'm like, I wish I could have told myself, like, if you could see yourself from the view of like me now and see how much your friends influence you and your decisions and how your mind even is at the end of every day. Like I would be like, reevaluate every single one of your friends and how are you feeling after you spend an hour with them, two hours with them versus somewhere else or someone else in a different friend group that maybe you wouldn't have chosen to be around in the first place that you didn't necessarily think that they would like you or that you were intimidated by them or something like that because that's crucial. Like your friends and who you surround yourself with, especially when you're in school, you're spending more, honestly, like when you do sports too, you're spending more time with those people in school and in sports than you do with your family most of the time. So it molds you at such a young age. So I would say, look at your friends, get off social media. I don't know. What else? Well, I I would add at least what I've learned in my life. You've got to prime your thoughts. And I shared with you the other day that the most important thing you can do, Brendan, in life is have a beautiful mindset. That There's nothing more important than that. It's not your kids. It's not your husband. It's not me. It's not not dad. It's you've got to take care of you and protecting that mindset and Fort Knox negative thoughts around you. And it it's easier said than done. But if you could really focus in and it's what you you just said, staying off the social media, it it's all fake. It's. It, yeah. it, it, that doesn't matter. It's, it's what you prime your thoughts with every single day. Yeah. You know, declarations, whatever you want to do journaling. You know, if I asked you, you know, how much is KJ, your my grandson has grown. You could highlight that rail real right away. But if I asked you, how much have you grown in three months? Yeah. Those are the things that I wish for you is don't forget about you in the marriage or raising your kids. Cause you're growing a lot and I see it. Yeah. And I've challenged myself to, to look at how much I'm growing. Am I reading the right stuff? Am I, am I writing down the right words in my journal every single day? Is it getting me to a better person, a better dad, a better husband, a better grandpa? Yeah. So, but I just want to tell you, I love you. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. <laughs> so, Talk to me about my grandkids. Oh my gosh. Well, wait a minute. We're talking about Eric. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, we forgot I, about I actually Eric. was yeah. going to say I'm like, that. I already talked about, <laughs> Eric. about this, Eric. This poor man. Yes, this poor this man. This poor man poor is Eric. like so such I love you so much a bright too, light in your life. I <laughs> oh mean, this gosh, guy yeah. is, I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I'd love to hear how it happened. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I've definitely heard uh, other people's versions. So I want to hear your version. Yeah. But wow. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and all, and it, and I mean, in, from my perspective, it ha- this happened in like 10 minutes, like the whole, 
Oh yeah. That was just like, <gasps> right. Yeah. You're graduating from school. I mean, and it was just like this steamroller. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't I, know where you got that from. Oh yeah. No, me neither. Honestly. Yeah. Me neither. No, no, I had graduated from school. I got a really cool job right out of school. And so I was really just like hustling. Like I was working like 50 hours a week, like just driving to Salt Lake every day, just honestly focused on like my work. Cause I had just graduated aesthetic school and I was like, I really want to like take off with the this. youngest. Graduate. Oh yeah. Still. Yeah. I'm still the youngest graduate. I graduated at 17 from aesthetic school, the youngest ever to graduate from NEMA that young. And so it was really cool, but I was like, I feel like I have to prove myself a lot more because I was so young and I was having women who were 20, 30 years older than me coming in to take advice from me. And so I'm like, okay, I really need to know my shit. Like I can't like bluff on any of this. Like I have to truly know. And so I dove into like extra classes after I got out of school, like a lot of education. And so I just got on like dating apps. I was on like Tinder and Bumble and Bumble, I don't even know if Bumble's around anymore, but. I have no idea. Yeah, but essentially Bumble is where it's is more it, for. Is it around Mesa? Is it still a thing? Yeah. Okay. It's still a thing. Okay, so the girl has to say something first to the guy. So instead of the guy being the one to say something, the girl has to like message the guy kind of situation. And that so, opens up the chat. Yeah. Not until then. Yeah, not until then. Mm. So they can't message you. So you have to be the one to like message them and start the conversation. <laughs> I wasn't that around when I was single. <laughs> I'm like, I love this. This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the a guy created this, just oh, so you know. For sure. It was yeah. a man who created that. Yeah. I don't, I have no idea. I'm just from, from my own perspective, it had to be. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, Eric is a super shy guy. And he also, I mean, he's the hardest worker I know, truly. And so. He was doing landscaping at the time and he was working like 65, 70 hours a week. Because like, he's a grinder. Yeah, he's a grind. Like he is probably, honestly, like I don't know another man that loves manual labor the way that Eric Gambles does. Like dirty, like manual labor. That's why you love him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, like it's just very like commendable how much he loves it. And so he was like, I'm super busy, but like I, I want to meet you. Like I'm going to make time to meet you. And we had kind of like chatted back and forth and I was like, yeah, for sure. So we went on a date and I was like, Slackwater. Yeah. We went to Slackwater. He asked me, he was like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, Slackwater, like hundred percent. Cause that's the family joint. Oh yeah. That's where we always have gone. Like, and I was like, yeah, I love Slackwater. And he was like, great, let's go there. And, um, he came and picked me up actually. And you were outside. <laughs> My dad was working on the sprinklers or something and he couldn't, you couldn't figure out what was going on with the sprinklers. And so Eric just goes, okay and pops his trunk of his like little tiny bmw and he has all these sprinkler parts and he was like i'll just i'll fix it right now before we went on our date i hadn't even like seen him yet and so he goes out fixes my dad's like sprinkler now jj's in love yeah 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 and so wow we went on the date and he took me home he didn't kiss me he literally was just like i thought he would maybe want to like hang out like for a little while, watch a movie, and he was like, "Nope, like let's go on a date again later this week." I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up tomorrow morning yeah. to work. Yeah, like genuinely, like he was like, "Yeah, like I, yeah, I gotta go." And so I went in, and my parents were like, "You're gonna marry him?" Like I genuinely, like my mom was like, "I genuinely feel like you're gonna marry him, like a hundred percent." And I was like, "Really?" These conversations are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we just went on a lot of dates and fell in love and got married. But, but yeah. hold on. I mean, like t 
two months later, you're like, Hey dad, uh, we're going to go down to Lake Powell on our boat. And I'm like with Eric and he's yeah. and you're like, yeah. So yeah. he comes down to wall weep. Yeah. And the three of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just spend the, the weekend yeah. on the boat. Yeah. And Eric catches his first fish ever. Yeah. Oh it yeah. It was epic. Oh yeah. You guys were like buddy buddies from the beginning. Like it was pretty cool. I think that's why I really fell in love did with Eric, Eric in the does first Eric place. Like Bud Light? No, no, oh. no. That he had, he no. had JJ at no. Coors Light. He's like, a, he likes Coors, but he is a fancy beer drinker. Oh, yeah, like he is, he is a very, He's very like, fancy. And I don't yeah. know why we're talking about this. We can never <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they were like buddy buddies. So I think that's why I fell in love with him so fast too, was because he just fit in so well with my family. Like he fit in with just like our tiny little tight knit. It was always just the three of us. And so Eric just fit in so well for it to turn into the four of us. And yeah, so then we got married. Was was Eric alone on uh, only child? No. No, he wasn't. Eric has five siblings. Okay. He has a lot of siblings. Yeah. And so they're all gapped out. And so really him and his sister grew up pretty close together. Sammy, his younger sister. They're really super close. Um he's close with the rest of his siblings too, but really him and Sammy are like the closest out of the family, but yeah, so he grew up in a big family. So when I would go over to their house, like that first year we split Thanksgiving, which was crazy because we've been dating for like two and a half months, three months at that point. And we were like, let's do Thanksgivings. Like, that's great. We'll just split the day. Like, this is going to be really fun. Because I'm thinking my Thanksgiving is like super chill. Like, I'm an only child. And we go to his house and like, we have like the nieces over, his whole family is there, spouses are there. And I'm like, all right, this is crazy. Like, I remember I came home and I was like, I just want it to be quiet for a minute. Like, I'm like, I'm exhausted from how loud it was there. And he, my dad was like, yeah, that's what you're going to get used to now. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. And they got married and lived happily ever after. Yeah, literally. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, 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 that's the story. But Eric went to LB1 last year on his birthday. He graduated on his birthday. And I really want Eric to come on and talk about this. So I won't go like too much because I think he would be so awesome to listen to his story. But honestly, in every aspect of his life, like he's always been a freaking hard worker. He's always like been honestly just like a great companion, a great dad, all of these things. But rapport just like pushed him to the next level that I can't even explain. Like our relationship got way better and it was already great. It's not like our relationship was, but I didn't. I couldn't imagine our relationship getting better than it was until it it does. Yeah. Until it does. Yeah. And so we became better parents together. Our communication got so much better. His work life got like everything was just fully impacted by it. And so it's just so cool to see that aspect too. And then I feel like I fell in love with him all over again too, which is super crazy in your marriage. When you go through something like that, marriage, our marriage. Yeah. When we go through, yeah, we went through, I just feel like it's crazy that you can still fall in love with someone after being together for so long. So I don't know, but yeah, he's a great guy. He's the best, honestly. I don't know a better guy. We kind of like him. Yeah. Yeah, we do a lot. He's the best. Yeah. And then came two beautiful kids. Yeah. Our kids. I guess I can talk about the kids now. Yes, please. Yeah. KJ's three, almost three. (laughs) And Frankie is three months old. And they're so cute. They're so cute. They're such like well-behaved for the most part. I mean, KG's three. So like as well-behaved as a three-year-old can be expected to be. He's awesome. Yeah. He's awesome. But he's He's got great parents and they're so good. Yeah. And yeah, I just... 
can't say enough about you. Thanks. And yep. I love I love that name, Frankie. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Thank you. I feel bad. I feel like when she gets older, because KJ is named after both of our dads. So his name is Carrie John and he just goes by KJ. Well, until he decides different, I guess, if he wants to be called one or the other. But um, and then Frankie, like we were like, well, shit, like we don't really have like a family name. Like we couldn't name her like Heather, Natalie, Natalie, Heather. Like it would have just sounded really and weird. Have, and you have such a, a, a strong responsibility. Yeah. There's a lot of sleep that's lost during this process. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so honestly, like I have like. And when she sends we, what she really means, it means is her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We were stuck between two names. Eric liked Scotty because his middle name is Scott. And I liked Frankie because I liked Frankie. And then have you guys seen Austin Powers before? Which one? Yeah. Which one? I don't know which one it is, but he has the little like, like mini version of himself. Mini me. Is that what it's called? And he says like, Scotty, don't. And Eric was like, that's what I'm going to say if we name her Scotty. I'm just going to say it all the time. And I was like, it's ruined for me. Like he showed me the YouTube clip and I was like, hell no, her name is not Scotty. Like, and then it was Frankie. So that's how it was decided. But I feel like when she gets older, she's going to be like, what the hell? Like, I no, just, she I, I don't have she's a family going name. To be, here's what happens is, yep. is your intuition is, is right on. I mean, yeah. she'll, she's going to, she's going to grow into to be. Frankie. Yeah. And it'll be fitting. Oh yeah. Which already, I feel like just her personality now, I'm like, there's no other name for Frankie. Like there's no other name for her. Like nothing would fit her, but yeah. Kind of funny. That's kind of funny though. (laughs) Yeah. So that's me. That's my whole story. I love Uh, your whole story. Thanks. Me too. 23 JJ. I know 23 23 years. And what were, what, what were you doing at 23 JJ? Uh, I was not grown up yet. Yeah. I'll, I'll well, there's some of us frankly, still, frankly you still haven't honest. grown up. You're still a kid. Oh yeah. Big yeah time. But, but it, I mean, just wow. The difference. Yeah. 23. Yeah. yeah. Big, big change. And oh, I'm yeah. so, I, I really am proud uh, of her and her direction. And I, I, I look up to her. Yeah. And, um, but you know, I think, telling you from the very beginning, you know, how proud I am. Rapport has changed my life. Um, I became a master grad in September uh, with your mom, Heather. We went through power of communications in Vegas. Yeah. um, And very proud of that. You know, I I mentioned a book gap in the gain, and that's one thing that I'm extremely proud of to be a better communicator with my wife and, you know, my, my biggest goal in life, and I've shared this with you, is to love my family with action um, because that's what I truly believe. And I think I've taught you that growing up, love equals action. If you love somebody, you do things for them. Yeah. And it's, you're not looking for something in return, you know, and that for me is what life's about. And there's a lot of other goals I will get, and I'm determined to go get those. But number one, and it's always forefront in the windshield, which is love my family with action. And, you know, Heather, the other day, you know, you called and said, hey, can we come over with the grandkids? It's always a hell yes. <laughs> it's never a hell no. <laughs> and and that she's taught me a lot, too, you know, and I wouldn't be the person I am without your mom. There's yeah. no way. I mean, she she lets me be me. And yeah. To have a wife that doesn't support me, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And I, I'm very grateful to her. 
more than she knows. Oh yes. You know? I get to do some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, you know, personally, professionally from here, what's next? I don't know. I think personally, just being a great mom as normal. It's my goal to just keep being a mom, obviously. And then professionally, this was one thing I was actually thinking of with my social anxiety was I, when I did therapy and I was in like the intensive therapy, um, I forget what his name was. That was my therapist, but he had told me, he was like, I don't think you'll ever be able to have like a one-on-one job where you have to like be with someone one-on-one by yourself. Like, he's like, I just don't think you're that person and that's okay. And he was like, and that's okay. And I think you can just come to terms with the fact that like, you're just not like a people person. And now I'm like, I wish I could just like hug that like little girl and be like, homegirl, you run your own business where you like literally converse with people one-on-one all day long. You educate them, you talk to them, you form relationships with them on a daily basis. You run your own business by yourself. And like, so I think my future goals along with that, but yeah, I wish I could just like hug that girl. And if anyone else that's young and is struggling with the social anxiety and thinks that they can't get past that, you have to just believe in yourself enough to believe that you will and you can and put forth the effort I basically go to rapport. Like, I mean, that's really like, I feel like rapport was like the tool that really like jolted me into that to just being like, I can talk to people one-on-one. I can like educate people with confidence and have them believe in me and believe in what I'm preaching to them, you know? And so great big things come in little bitty packages. Yeah. Well, and you know, a lot of us in this room have known you a long time. I have. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it, you were just maybe in a shell. Yeah. You needed to explode from that shell. For sure, yeah. Because, I mean, sitting and listening to every word that you're saying tonight, it's absolutely amazing to hear you talk and tell your story. Thank you, yeah. It's lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. It's pretty crazy. I really didn't think that I would get to, like, this place in my life, so it's pretty cool, but, yeah, I don't know. I just want to keep getting better, build my business bigger, and it's the goal. So, tell everybody the name of your business. My business is Skin by Brendan, so my name, and I do skincare and I do acne treatment specifically too. So I treat acne, teenage acne, adult acne, hormonal acne, all of the things. And it's super fun to not only clear the acne, but to see my clients and their confidence that comes through it too. Like I feel like in a way too, when you said that about breaking out of your shell, so many of my clients will come back to me once I clear their acne and they're like, this is the first time I've been able to leave the house without makeup on. This is the first time I've been able to leave the house and not be worried that someone's going to think that I'm gross or that I'm don't take care of myself because that's the first thing that people think that don't understand acne. And so it's been really cool to be that person that's able to help to give them the tools to be able to feel more confident within themselves, which is really cool. And it's I, I would guess a lot of younger people. A lot of younger, but mostly with that, but, but acne is not just no, isolated to younger. No, people. a lot of moms, like I have a lot of moms that have had babies within the past few years that they, first of all, they don't feel like themselves because their bodies are different. Their hair's still falling out, all of the things. And then they get acne, which they haven't had since they were 15, 16. And so they're like, I just feel horrible. And it's usually like a domino effect that once we get their confidence back a little bit, they're like, oh, maybe I'll start like meal prepping and taking care of myself nutritionally and it kind of leads into this whole big thing where they really just like revamp themselves and that's been cool to be just like a tiny little piece of that and don't you think the road that you've been down 
this is what you, you know, what you were meant to oh, do. For sure. You can no. relate to them. You can talk to them. A hundred percent. No. And I think that's why like I have a great clientele and why people trust me is because I fully understand it. And also too, just the people I've connected with too, a lot of them, their kids are like 14, 15 and they're struggling too. And it's been cool to kind of like to hear their stories. And I had actually a client a couple of weeks ago that was like, my daughter is hates school, has super bad anxiety, like kind of the same, like all of the things that I was going through. And she was like, and she just wants to be done wants to just like get her GED. She's ready or graduate early, get all of her credits. She's like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, to be honest with you. And she was like, she wants to go to college like right away. And she's 15. And I was like, I think that's great. Honestly, if that's, if she's ready and she's ready to put forth the effort and ready to just go into it, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't support her if she's genuinely like ready for that aspect. And then she texted me last week and she was like, we officially like got all of her credits, like signed up for like extra online credits and she'll be graduated within, I think like nine months. So super early from school. And then she'll go to Weber state, which was just like super cool to have like a piece of that too. And she's like, and she feels so much better, like so much better just knowing that it's coming to an end and that she's ready to move on to this next chapter confidently and knowing that someone has gone through the same things and has been out the other side of the social anxiety aspect and has been able to just like still like thrive afterwards, you know? So that was kind of cool too, but yeah, it's pretty fun. So I, I like to make sure that we give the recognition that's deserved. So you talked about your business, but how do people find you on your website and social? Um, so my social is at Brendan Joe and then, yeah, that's it. Brendan Jones, give my Brendan. Those are my two. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. You bet. You guys, I I've been just sitting back enjoying this whole thing. This is so it's just so wonderful to be able to sit on the outside and watch this and know, you know, like I said before we started, you've you've just been battling. And it just is so like when when Jeff said lovely, but just you deserve this life right now. You know, you've worked so hard for it. And all the love and the support and and getting to be a mom is, you know, all these things. And and at 23 years old, the best is still yet to come. You're just getting started. Yeah. No, your parents are so proud of you. You know, we're proud of you and and just loved, loved spending this time with you guys. Thank you. Yeah, this was fun. I thought this was super fun. I'm so glad you came. Me too. Me too. (laughs) This was fun. By the way, tell Eric... JJ's got a couple more sprinklers that need to be fixed. Yeah, oh, that's time. true. So Brett yeah. does Honestly, actually. Like Brett. every year. Brett, Brett's got some sprinklers. <laughs> oh, cool. Couldn't be more proud of you. I love you so much. Thanks. I love you. I'm proud of you. That's all. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.